Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What is up, fight fans? And welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. Dan Canobio, your host here for the next 48 minutes of hardcore boxing talk excited for this one because we have one of the most emerging stars in the game joining us here on the show jerron boots ennis is here uh he is on the cusp of, of greatness he fights this weekend over on showtime he's fighting thomas delorme it is a card that's headlined by jamal james uh it's going to be a great one and it's a it's a it was a good interview. I enjoyed talking to Jerron Ennis. I've never interviewed him before. I uh, never actually talked to the guy. I feel like a lot of boxing fans know who Jerron Ennis is. He is like looked at as the goods. This guy is a can't-miss prospect. But I didn't know anything about him, and I think a lot of fans didn't know much about him as well. So went into his past, uh, growing up in, in Philly, uh, talked about what he wants to accomplish uh, in this boxing game, maybe a, a move up to 154, you know, a lot of things. The ESPN rankings, the top 25, under 25, that had him ranked uh, seventh. Uh, he took a, exception uh, to that. He's a cool dude. He's a humble guy. Uh, you know, he does his talking with his fists, uh, so to say, but he has a lot of goals in boxing. And he, uh, you know, along with Shakur Stevenson, Tiafimo, Tank, uh, Devin Haney, David Benavidez, as this next generation of fighters can right a lot of the wrongs uh, that have happened in the past in terms of the best fighting the best, but they just have to get into the ring with a guy like Boots Ennis. You know, he's the boogeyman. I said that at the top of the interview for a reason. That's like a, an endearing term in boxing. It means that you're really good, but you're way too much of a risk to get into the ring. Like guys like Keith Thurman saying, that, I don't know who Jerron Ennis is. You know, you don't hear Spence, you know, bringing up the name Jerron Ennis or, or Terrence Crawford, you know. Uh, he's the boogeyman. It's just like Triple G was, you know, a few years back. I uh, go up and down the list uh, over the years. The eras had these types of fighters that, you know, at this point in their career, he doesn't offer a lot of financial upside fighting Ennis, and you're probably going to lose. So, therefore, you are avoided. You are the boogeyman. So, really good interview with Jerron Ennis. Uh, excited for that one. Excited for his fight this weekend. Obviously, this weekend takes a little bit of a hit uh, with the Otto Valine and Dillian White uh, fight falling out. That whole saga, you have Dillian White, you know, just just proclaiming that he had a shoulder injury, had a doctor come out and said that they looked at some imaging and it was an injury. But let's be honest. Come on. It is what it is at this point. He wants to fight Tyson Fury. And if you think about it from Dillian White's standpoint, it's a good business move. You know, as messed up as it is for Otto Valine, it's just the way boxing is. You know, if, if there was any silver lining here or something that, that Hearn could do, it would be to offer Otto Valine a real fight with a real purse. Don't throw Babic at him, uh, you know, for short money after you screwed the guy over. Give him a real fight. Like, I wouldn't mind even seeing, this has nothing to do with Eddie Hearn, but I wouldn't mind seeing Otto Valine fight Andy Ruiz in December. Andy Ruiz is looking for a fight. You know, he's rumored to be fighting Luis Ortiz, but wouldn't you much rather see Andy Ruiz get in there with Otto Valine? That right there could be an eliminator of sorts. You know, the wins that fight uh, could be a legitimate, has a legitimate shot for one of these titles or a legitimate shot to at the next rung uh, at, at heavyweight. So, you know, with Fury defeating Wilder, that really opened up the heavyweight division and it ha gave us a little bit more clarity. But Dillian White, that fight's not happening this weekend. I was looking forward to it. A lot of fight fans were looking forward to it. A lot of fight fans were picking and media members were picking Otto Valine to pull off the upset. I thought he could have done it. But 
uh, you know, boxing and the business side of things and a little bit of, of shistiness, uh, who knows? He could have a shoulder injury. You know, I, I don't like when media or fans accuse fighters of faking injuries. I hated it with Ryan Garcia. I hated it with, you know, some with Errol Spence with the eye thing. You know, Ryan Garcia is putting out videos left and right, uh, just tr almost trying to prove that he actually had the surgery. He posted a video, like, heading into the hospital. He posted a video laying on the bed before the surgery afterwards. He just put out a vlog, like, 10 minutes ago of him going under the gas. It's, like, insane how much, you know, what these fighters have to go through to prove that they were actually hurt. But the Dillian White thing is interesting. I mean, when you have uh, a Tyson Fury fight dangling and all the history with Dillian White, not 600 days. Uh, it was a lot of days. It was like over 100 or 200 days before he got knocked out by Pavekin. He avenged that loss and it reset the clock. But Pavekin, or excuse me, Dillian White deserves a shot at Fury. Fighting Waleen was admirable, but it was avoidable. You know, Waleen wasn't a mandatory. It was a, it was a voluntary defense. But hopefully Eddie Hearn does the right thing, gives Waleen a real purse similar to what he was going to get. Uh, for the Dillian White fight. That is the fight over in the UK this afternoon here in the States. Uh, Mary McGee will be fighting at Chantel Cameroon in the main event. Babic, uh, who I like watching, is, a, is a, just a savage of a heavyweight. Uh, his fights are always fun. That's the afternoon portion. And then at night, we're going to see Boots Ennis, Thomas Delorme. We're going to see Jamal James, uh, who is another uh, boogeyman of the welterweight division, a guy... That's been in uh, in the in the upper epsilon of the welterweight division for a while now. That's an intriguing fight. And then we get into November. You know, Canelo Plant is like a week away. I mean, that just really snuck up on fight fans because it had been lean, very lean times uh, for fight fans. And then uh, Wilder Fury just came up with Joshua Usyk, and then Wilder Fury in a two-week span. And then the fallout from Wilder Fury, the, the hangover from Wilder Fury kind of sucked up the last couple of weeks. Next thing you know, we're in November. We got Canelo versus Plant. We got Crawford versus Porter. We got Haney uh, maybe fighting Jojo Diaz. We got Tiafimo Lopez fighting George Camposos. It's happening. It's happening here in New York City. I'll be there uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, you, you know, there's so many good fights. Gabe Rosado, Jaime Mangia, uh, Stefan Fulton uh, versus Brandon Figueroa on, the, on November 27th going up against Tiafimo and Camboso. So, I mean, boxing world's buzzing. Uh, I say that every week on the show like a broken record, but November is jam I don't remember a bigger and better month of boxing than we're getting this November 2021. So buckle up. If you have a significant other and they like to do stuff on Saturday nights, tell them, hey, listen, honey, we might have to do it Friday. We might have to do it Sunday because every Saturday night uh, from afternoon to, to evening is going to be just lit, uh, as the kids say. Let's talk about Shakur Stevenson and his big win this past weekend, defeating Jamel Herring uh, via TKO 10th round, one-sided drubbing. Uh, one of the better performances I've seen in a championship fight. I put out a tweet of my top five championship fights, and it's right at the top. Uh, Shakur Stevenson defeating Herring, and there was a lot of criticism heading into this fight on on Stevenson, and a lot of it was, you know, warranted. We're talking about a guy who, in his last couple of fights, did not uh, try to entertain. He, it, to his own admission, talked about how he just went in there in that last fight and just wanted to get the W and wanted to just go in there and, you know, not oversell, not engage, wasn't feeling himself, wasn't feeling great physically, and he got the win. There was a lot of pressure on Stevenson to perform in this fight. It was his biggest fight of his career. Uh, he had Kanye or Ye West in attendance, Jada Kiss, Quavo, 
all these stars. It was a big fight on ESPN. It had a huge lead in with Alabama. It did big ratings over 1.4, 1.5 million people uh, tuned in. The highest rated ESPN boxing show in a long time, probably since uh, Lomachenko and Tiafimo last October. This is a big fight for Shakur Stevenson. It was a big fight for him to win a title and also to look good while winning a title and set himself up for this next stretch of his career. And man, did he pass that test with flying colors from the very first second of the very first round. He was on point, pushing back Herring, pumping a jab really hard to hit on behind that shoulder roll, throwing power shots upstairs, downstairs. He didn't give Herring an, a, a, like an inch in that fight. No, Herring had some decent rounds. I think it was in the fourth and fifth round where he caught uh, Stevenson a, a few times, but he was never he never outlanded him in any rounds. I mean, Stevenson has some gaudy punched at numbers, 43 consecutive rounds without being outlanded. I mean, the guy is really hard to hit. And if you can, he's not the hardest puncher, but if you can do what he did Saturday night, he's precise. You know, he opened up a cut on Herring's eye and he got a TKO. I mean, that takes power. You know, it, it's, it's death by a thousand cuts when you fight uh, Shakur Stevenson. It might be the hardest puncher in the division, but he's very precise. He doesn't let you breathe in there. He got a great jab. I thought he looked outstanding. It's up there in one of the best uh, heavy, uh, the best championship performances of uh, 2021. So hats off to, to Stevenson. Right away, you look at what's next. Because after the fight, he was calling out Oscar Valdez. He wanted Valdez at 126. Valdez moves up to 130. Valdez wins a belt by beating uh, Burchelt. Now Herring moves up. Um, excuse me. Now Shakur moves up to 130. He wins a belt. They're both under the top rank banner. There is no reason why we don't get a unification bout early 2022 between Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. Every, it's just so obvious, and it's just right there to be made. Don't overmarinate it, Bob. I'm talking about Bob Aram and top rank. It's right here. Make the fight. There's momentum for this fight. Don't put Navarrete in there with Oscar Valdez, which was something that we've been seeing over the last couple of days where Aram bringing up an all-Mexican clash between uh Navarrete who is a featherweight but a big featherweight against Valdez I mean yes I'd love to see Navarrete fight Valdez but it's not the fight I want to see the most the fight I want to see the most is Shakur Stevenson versus Valdez that's the fight to make I would love to see Navarrete also fight Shakur Stevenson down the road you know once he gets a little bit bigger Navarrete and he throws punches from wild angles throws like 80 punches around that's a perfect style uh clash of styles for Stevenson, how will he adapt or how will he uh, react to all those punches from Navarrete? Does Navarrete have the same power uh, at 130 that he did at 126? That's all things we can address down the line years from now because I don't think Stevenson's going anywhere. I think he's the class at 130. He could very much well be the class at 135 if he moves up there. Think about if if Stevenson moves up. He, he fights Valdez, beats Valdez. Doesn't you know he's not going to lure Lomachenko back down to 130? There isn't a lot of big names there. He goes up to 135. There are a lot of names at 135. We know that lightweight division, the four kings. And if you're listening, I just did it with air quotes. He could fight any of those guys, and you would have to favor him with the 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 type of style that Stevenson has: defense, defense first, hard to hit, precision, great ring IQ, outstanding ring IQ for a guy that's 24 years old but think about stevenson fighting tank davis stevenson brought it up himself i mean he out of all the names uh at 135 all the big names haney t female he brought up tank because tank sells tickets 
because Tank has a lot of uh, fame because Tank is a damn good fighter too. That is a really big fight down the road. Think about the power of Tank Davis and the skill and the uh, elusiveness of Stevenson. Sign me up for that. But when would that ever come? I mean, that's once again, that's a Mayweather and a top rank, if Stevenson is with top rank at that point, production. I mean, they did, did the fight with, with three fights, with uh, no, two fights with Fury and Wilder, but you know, towards the end, that, that's the third fight between Wilder and Fury. It was not like sacrimonious between top rank and PBC. I mean, it got to the end of it. At the end of that fight, they were like, all right, we're done. We're done doing business for a while. Let's go our separate ways. So I don't know when a Tank versus Stevenson fight would ever happen. I mean, it's pretty obvious that with the, the road that Tank is on, and it's working for Mayweather Promotions. They're putting him in with guys that he is expected to beat, whether it's Mario Barrios or whether it's his upcoming fight with Roley Romero. He's selling out arenas, which none of these other guys can really do outside of Canelo and Joshua. Uh, and he's winning fights. It's a good recipe, and it's good for him. He's collecting money at, early on. Uh, he, he's having big knockouts. All Tank's fights are exciting, but he hasn't had that one marquee opponent. It's the only thing holding back Tank Davis because he is older than 25. He's not on that list of the top 25 names under 25 that we'll talk about with Boots Ennis because Tank Davis is older than 25. He's been in the game for a while now. You know, it's going to come down to a, a matter of time before Mayweather Promotions, Leonard Ellerby, my buddy on Twitter, is going to have to put him in with a tough test. You know, Romero is going to be another fun fight. Like, I, I'm pumped for that fight. Uh, I think it ends in a knockout. I think it's an end with a Javante Davis knockout. But at least it'll be fun. And it's at 135. That's interesting. Because uh, who knows where Davis is going to be fighting? He's fought at 130. He's fought at 140. Now he's at 135 at, at lightweight, which is a loaded division. Man, good times, good times with the ratings with Stevenson. You know, there's uh, talk about all the guys at, at lightweight that potentially fight, but it, I'm so I'm getting kind of tired of the hypotheticals. You know, I do a boxing show every single week, and a lot of boxing talk is hypotheticals. It's like who could win this dream matchup? Could you imagine if Tank fought Tiafimo or Tank fought uh, Haney or Tank fought Stevenson? I just want to see it actually happen. And we talk about that with Boots Ennis. Boots Ennis talks uh, in the upcoming interview uh, on this show is it, he wants to right the wrong. He said he'll fight everybody. But I noticed that a lot of these guys all say that too. You know, on the come up, Errol Spence said, I want to fight everyone. Uh, Keith Thurman said, I'll fight. He was calling out Mayweather, Keith Thurman, in like 2010, 2011, when he burst on the scene on HBO. But then you get a taste of the money and more hands come in, uh, handlers, management company, promoters, and it gets muddied. Because obviously you want to see Virgil Ortiz fight uh, Boots Ennis. That's the fight we all want. That was, those two are going to be linked for the rest of their careers until they fight. So it's easier said than done with these guys, but it, it's, it's good times. You know, a lot of stars under 25 right now. A lot of big fights coming up in the very near future here to end 2021. I'm excited. I'm excited for everything that's going on in boxing. On the other side of things, we're going to talk a little bit about Anthony Joshua. He did a big interview where he let his fists fly. Okay, before we get to Boots Ennis, I wanted to touch on Anthony Joshua. Did a long uh, interview with Coogan Cassius of IFTV. Really good stuff from, from Joshua. And 
Man, he is really listening to the criticism of Anthony Joshua, whether it's trying to find a new trainer or people telling him that he's too gracious in defeat. He went off the rails, and I have some of the quotes here. Uh, he told IFLTV, I'm done effing losing. I'm done with trying to learn the sweet science. He might get thrown on the floor the next fight because this is war. It's straight war, says Joshua. I'm annoyed. I'm boiling up even speaking about it. That's the passion to win. And I love to hear that from Joshua, but I want to see it actually take place. I want to see he put those words into motion. And, you know, I've almost ad nauseum. If you follow me on Twitter or if you follow this show, you know that I've been keeping track of Anthony Joshua, part of our job at CompuBox, keeping track of Anthony Joshua and noticing some trends. After that he fought Klitschko, he's turned into a complete jab-first cautious fighter, throwing close to 70% of his punches are jabs. And that's great. Yes, a jab is the most key punch in boxing, but you have to be aggressive sometimes. And that was obviously the, the problem with Usyk is he was not aggressive. He was a bigger guy. He, uh, he came in too light. You know the story by now. Didn't lay on Usyk. But it seems like he wants to change that up, whether it's hiring Ronnie Shields, that he also addressed that in the interview, that he's not exactly done with McCracken. He wants to see if McCracken could work with Ronnie Shields. I've never seen that actually work. I think it's one or the other. I ultimately think he's going to fire McCracken. He's going to hire Ronnie Shields. Uh, and that, I mean, Evander Holyfield has come out uh, and said that he should go with Shields, but he's a little biased because he trained uh, with uh, Ronnie Shields. But I love this talk from Joshua. I mean, after the fight, he's the most gracious loser. And I think sportsmanship is important, but <laughs> sometimes it's a little much, whether it was letting Ruiz hold his belts before the first fight or how gracious he was afterwards. Like Americans aren't used to that. You know, like we're, we're used to like guys being pissed off, like storming out of the ring or what Wilder did after he lost the Fury. I don't want to talk to you. And then eventually cooling down. Joshua was just like, yeah, yeah, I, I lost. I mean, it's part of the sport and has, a, you know, flash that uh, million dollar smile. But it's pretty clear that he's been listening to the criticisms and he's aware now. And I love it. I want to see him go in there and be the guy that he was pre-Klitschko. Go in there, seek and destroy. Yes, you can jab. It sets up the right hand. But throw that right hand more. You know, don't, don't be throwing your power shots 30% of the time. Even that up and, and have it be a little more balanced. Because that's the only way you're going to beat guys like Fury. I mean, the guy's huge. You're going to have to bulk up. Get back. I don't, don't get back to when you were massive and you looked like a, a damn bodybuilder in there. But bulk up. You're a big guy. You can hold it on your frame. Like Wilder couldn't hold that, that weight on his frame. He was, you know, his legs are too so He's just not the type of fighter that he is. But I, I love this from Joshua. I think he's hungry. It shows me that he still wants to fight. There's huge fights upcoming for him. Whether he beats Usyk, he can fight Fury, he can still fight Wilder. I love this from Anthony Joshua. All right, here he is, Boots Ennis. All right, it's time to bring in our guest this week, and I'm very excited to bring in Jerron Boots Ennis, rising star in boxing, rising star in the welterweight division. He fights this weekend over on Showtime against Thomas DeLorme. And Jerron, I'll just ask you right off the bat, how does it feel to be boxing's boogeyman? Uh, I mean, I, everybody calling me that, but, but it, I mean, it's, it feels great, you know, the, to know that, you know, these guys don't want to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a it's, endearing it's good, term. It's good, it's good and bad, yeah. It's like an endearing term. Like, like, if you hear that, it's like, oh, it's kind of a bad thing, but it really isn't. In boxing, that's like the ultimate compliment. You know, whether it was Errol Spence, whether it was like Roy Jones back in the 90s or there's Triple G, like being the guy that's like most avoided 
is like it come that's like almost like not a, like a world title but it's like a title on its own right do you enjoy being that or is it frustrating i mean i mean you know i want to fight the best guys and you know fight the best guys available but right now you know i can't get those guys so i mean it shows where my skills at basically that's all yeah and I feel like, you know, I always love interviewing fighters that are on the come up. Like you are on the cusp of like superstardom on the cusp mm -hmm. of being a world champion. And it's like, do you cherish these times before you're about to really blow up? Cause it's almost inevitable that you get a title shot and, and you become a world champion. Are you enjoying like these times when you have to like really fight for notoriety, when you have to call out all these big names. And when these, when these guys say that they don't know you, are you enjoying this moment in your career? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just having, uh, I'm enjoying, I'm having fun, fun with it. You know, uh, you know, just being myself. Yeah, I feel like it's funny because, you know, you ask any boxing hardcore, they know who Boots Ennis is. It's like one of their, it's like the guy that like, in like 2015, uh, you know, I would say, hey, have you heard about this guy, Errol Spence? Like you might like Triple G, but have you heard of Errol Spence? This guy's the truth. That's what it is now. It's like, oh, I like Canelo. Yeah, but have you heard about Jerron Ennis, like this guy is the truth. This guy's coming mm -hmm. up the ranks and it's interesting to, to watch that, you know, kind of unfold. I, I love that part of, of boxing, but, you know, I, I put on Twitter that you were coming on the show and a lot of fans checked in. They always want to know about like, what's the path? Like, what's like your plan for the next three fights? I know you want to get in there, uh, but what is it? Um, You know, not looking fast, you know, Thomas Delorme, you know, on the Saturday, but, uh, after I, you know, get this one and doing a dominating fashion, I'm uh, hopefully I get a, you know, a world title shot next my next fight. That's that's what that's what we want, uh, world title shot. And any anybody, any one of those guys. Now you're ranked third in the IBF, and we've mm -hmm. seen this done before. And I keep bringing up Errol Spence because there are a lot of parallels between you and Errol Spence. You know, hard punching guy that was just knocking everyone out you know, pretty demonstrative about the fact that they wanted a title shot. And you have to go back. You know, he fought Leonard Bundu at the time for the IBF mandatory to face Kell Brook. Now, you're ranked third in the IBF. Uh, has your team or the IBF, has there been any talks about you fighting a title eliminator? Uh, I hope we was trying to get it for this fight, but, you know, you got to wait your turn. So hopefully the next fight, I can't get the eliminator or, or something I Anything that put me right there to, to be able to like be mandatory or fight for a world title. So I, that's what I want next. That's that's the main main goal. Get this guy out of the way and you know, handle business on on Saturday night, and then next fight, you know, fight uh, like, like you say, a eliminator or, or fight for a mandatory spot or even a belt. I don't need whatever one comes first. Yeah, this guy Kudratillo Akubarov is ranked second. Uh, in the IBF. He last fought in March. He doesn't have anything lined up for the rest of the year. I mean, I don't see why that fight can't be made. We're seeing this all, all over boxing now. WBA is cleaning up their act and you have to figure that the IBF wants to follow suit and, and do the right thing. And they always have, for the most part, you know, been one of the better organizations. There's no reason why you shouldn't be fighting this uh, Cudarillo. Ag I can't yeah. remember this guy's name, but you got to fight him next. I, I, knew, I, knew, I knew you're talking about and I was trying to get him for this for this fight, and mm -hmm. I don't know what happened, but I thought he was gonna make us fight anyway because you know I'm I'm number three and he number one, and yeah. I think Sean Porter is number two, but he mm -hmm. he fighting for the WBO already, and we already knew about that, mm -hmm. so I thought he was gonna make us two fight for the uh, the number one spot or the IBF or something like that.
for like the for the mandatory or something like that. But that's uh, my next fight. I definitely take him or like I said, one of those champions. Yeah, I mean, a title eliminator, you force your hand. I mean, we've seen it happen all over boxing. It's happened in the past before. If you're not going to get right. your shot based on merit, you know, merit doesn't really exist in boxing. Like, you have to force your hand, and it's all lining up perfectly. But you got to take care of business on, on Saturday. When you look at, like, the, the politics in boxing, and, like, we've seen this all the time where a guy like you clearly deserves the title shot, clearly, uh, you know, has the skills to compete with the champions at Walter Wade, do you get like a little frustrated, like knowing what's ahead of you in terms of like the games that are played at the boxing in the boxing world? I mean, at the end of the day, you can't get frustrated because it's boxing and it, and it comes with it. everybody have a different path. You just got to wait your turn, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, be patient. And I, I feel like my time taking a little longer because I'm being the top forever. So it's at the end of the day, you just got to look at the, the, the bright side of it, you know. How did you get your nickname, Boots? Um, it's kind of like a long story, but I'm gonna give you the little the short version. Uh, <laughs> okay. My my mom gave me my nickname. My nickname was actually supposed to be Boops, B O O P S. Okay. Instead of Boots, but when I was in the gym, you know, playing around, being a bad little kid, and just in the gym acting a fool, my dad they they thought my dad was saying like Boots, like the shoes, like telling me to come here or yeah. stop doing that. And ever since we just changed it to Boots. Instead of boops, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, as a boxer. I think boots is a little bit better than boops. No, yeah, it, yeah, it is, and it, it kind of like stuck with me. And it, it, like you just said, just it, it's better for boxing too. It's a great me. nickname, man. It's just boots. Yeah, like everyone, you say it. boots, everyone's like, oh, that's boots, and it's like that's a great name. It's perfect for the Northeast too. I'm from New York mm-hmm. City. It's almost Timberland weather. Uh, boots. <laughs> that's what it, what it is. It's perfect name. Right. They don't even call me by my first name. I, it's always boots. I never hear my my first name unless <laughs> unless I'm getting into the ring and they announce my name. That's the only time I hear right. my first name. Yeah, when Jimmy everybody, Lennon, everybody when Jimmy Lennon says it. Yeah, everybody call me boots though. It don't matter where we at. Everybody, if they know me, if they know me, they call me boots. If they don't know me, they call me boots. I just hear boots all the time. Like, it's I never great hear too. Because you got it got the emoji too. You could just throw it on Twitter. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Got got the own <laughs> emoji, and then. You, you got to have your own catchy little sayings and stuff to go with it, too. These boots come it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. It's great. Great marketing. I mean, it's it's all getting it's all online here, my friend. You got a title eliminator next. You got the marketing thing down. It's only a matter of time if you're the biggest name uh, in the sport. And it's funny because I feel like Appreciate not a lot of fans like they know of you, but they don't know much like about you. I, even when I was research, researching for this, I didn't know that you come from a fighting family. Your dad was a pro. Your brother was a pro. What was it like? Mm-hmm. Outside of, uh, you know, running around the gym as a kid, cutting up, what was it like uh, be- being in the fighting Ennis family? Um, growing up, you know, and seeing my brothers fight and going to these fights and stuff like that. And he used to fight at home a lot. And even when he went, even when they fought away and they, and they had, you know, they had their fans and, you know, the, the team, the family going with them and stuff like that. And the crowd was a big crowd, you know, uh, just – I was like, I just want to be like my brothers when I get older and, and do the exact same stuff and uh, be great and then take our, our and his name to a different level. And, and that's what I'm doing right now. It, it has always been great. And I love the atmosphere. That's why when I get around, you know, the cameras and stuff, everything is normal because the cameras all been around us forever. Like even because my brothers was fighting on ESPN and Showbox yeah. and stuff back in the day. Mm-hmm. And everything, everything just normal to me. It's just that, that's why I'm so used to it. And I I don't mind doing, you know, interviews and stuff like that because I'm, I'm used to it and I've been around it and I've seen it basically all my life. 
That's awesome, man. It's like a pedigree. It's like I always see this in boxing too. It's like I've been around it my whole life too. It's like when there's like a family of fighters, it's always like the youngest one who ends up being the best. Is it because you like can learn so much or like trial and error? Why do you think that is? Uh, I feel like the youngest one always be uh, the best because you have your your dad. My, well, my dad was a professional boxer. Then I, both my brothers were professional boxers. So mm-hmm. when them as when they came up in the game. They wasn't doing, you know, the, the right things and stuff like that. So they gave me the game to like, do this, do that. <laughs> always, always stay in shape. You never know when you're gonna get a fight coming up. So that's why when I, you know, when I fight, I go, I'm fight on Saturday and I'm be back in the gym on Monday because you, mm. you never know when you, when your name gonna get called. So you gotta stay ready and uh, stay sharp. And those are some of the, some of the things that my brothers like told me and just always stay focused. Don't worry about, you know, uh, you know, other things. You know, the stuff gonna come. Just be patient and uh, stay focused stay in the gym. And that's, so that's, that's where I get everything from. My brothers and my dad, just, they gave me a, you know, a lot of game coming up in this game. So. I hear you, man. That's awesome. How does it feel? Like, what does it mean to you to be a Philly fighter? That's another like great term to have. Um, it's a, it's great being a Philly fighter. When you're from Philly, uh, everybody know if you're from Philly, they know you can fight. So when I step in that ring and I got Philly in my back, it's a whole, different yeah I got, I got Philly on my back and I got my inner, uh last name with me so it's a whole different atmosphere it's a whole different ball game so when you're from Philly you know a person is tough mm-hmm. you know they coming to, to win coming to do damage and and we you know Philly fighters are slick too so you know <laughs> you got a little bit of slickness in your game too I know you have a lot of power I mean you land in close to 50% of your power shots, which is just an astronomical number, 40% of your total punches, you know, what is it? 17 straight knockouts. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a long, long list of, of great stats uh, that, that we've uh, compiled a, a, of your career. It's been great to watch you fight. I'm looking forward to uh, what's next. You know, what's also funny in boxing uh, boots is boxing does this thing where they link two fighters at a very young age uh, until they meet up in the ring. And that's the case with you and Roger Ortiz. What do you, I know you get asked about this all the time and he gets asked about it all the time, which I think is actually good for both of your careers. What are your thoughts on Virgil Ortiz? Uh, I'm, to be honest, I've never really watched uh, some of, none of his fights, but I see like some highlights and stuff sometimes and he's a good fighter, but uh, yeah, he's a good fighter, you know. <laughs> you leave it at that i know what that means yeah. i don't want to fight he's a good fighter but do you like being like linked up with him because it happens all the time i mean it's it's i think it's a good thing because it's hard to get press in boxing it's hard to break through it's hard it's a sport where you don't have like a league pushing for you you don't you know you're not on every other night like basketball mm-hmm. like you need like your names to be in the headline so if fans and media are constantly asking Virgil about when you're going to fight Boots as the next generation of welterweights, and then people are asking you when you're going to fight Virgil, like, don't you see how that could be like a good thing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good thing, uh, build, you know, building a, a big fight up, and I'm with it all, you know, uh, whenever and uh, wherever, I'm ready. Yeah, I hear you, man. That's a, that's a fight that, I mean, it would be great to see, like, two young guys, relatively the same age, power punchers, uh, man, that would be electric, but I know you want some of the champs out there. He's not, he's on the same path as you. Like he's on the mm-hmm. same, like he's hungry, just like you are, you know, you guys have almost had the similar, you know, where you're at right now too. He's fighting former world champs. He's fighting former, you know, uh, world champion contenders. You did that with Lipinets. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to do that with Delorme. He's challenged for, for world titles. So I'm sure you can like kind of sympathize with him in a way, like, 
you're just two guys that are very hungry to break through. Yeah, but I don't, with me, is I don't care who I fight. I don't, it can be anybody. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just want to take my, you know, my legacy to a different level. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not here to play games. And I mean, I had fun with the boxing, but I'm, I'm here to take over this boxing world, you know? Yeah. How long do you want to fight for? Um, when I was younger, I used to say about like 34, 35, but I don't know. I, I think I, I can fight as long as I want because I, you know, I stay in shape. Mm-hmm. I'm healthy. I don't party. I don't drink, smoke, none of that stuff. So I, I can fight until I'm sixty if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't do that. I mean, we've seen it in Holyfield in the in the ring. We want you to make all your money now and and retire your faculties and become a broadcaster or, or invest. Uh, yeah, I hear you, man. How about staying at Walter Reed? Uh, you know, if say like, I don't. This is not the best. Uh, thing to put out there but if you can't get these guys at, at 147 but a big opportunity comes up at 154 you know would you do that or would you want to stay at Walter Wade? I mean well the main goal for me right now is to you know one uh grab one world title at 47 and then mm-hmm. grab the grab the rest of them and unify and then become un- undisputed but if I do get a call at 154 I will definitely move up and fight at 154 I have no problem with it because <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I, I'd be even stronger at 54 I mean, look at Jamel Charlo's there. I mean, I don't know what's going on with him. He hasn't, he doesn't have a fight scheduled. Uh, you know, Castano. Who do you think won that fight between Castano and, and Charlo? I really don't. What's crazy is I, I watch boxing, but I don't really watch. I like I watch certain guys. Like I watch guys from like my gym, and and I watch Canelo and a few other guys like Caleb playing those guys and mm-hmm. Scooter, Stephen Fulton, and guys like that. You know. Uh, but I actually watched that fight. I I think it was a draw. It was a yeah. good fight, but I think it was a draw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. I mean, that was a good yeah. one at 154, but that's a, attainable too. Like, if one guy has all the titles, I mean, it's easier to jump up and, and make a fight like that. And it's not a lot of – like, 154 is – it's got Jermel Charlo and Castaño, and it's pretty thin after that. So, I know a lot of guys at 147 are looking to jump up there. Like, Danny Garcia has been flirting with 154. Who knows what Keith Thurman does? I mean, he hasn't fought in two years, but, you know, it's got to be hard for him to make 147. I heard that laugh. Is it people just laugh at <laughs> Keith Thurman? Like, Keith Thur- I love Keith Thurman. Like, what's, what's up with his career, man? I mean, that's, do you ever look at some of these guys, uh, the older Walter Waits, and, like, that's going to be, not saying you're going to be you in, like, 10 years, but, like, do you look at guys like that and be like, man, you know, what happened? Uh, I mean, I guess these guys, you know, they get the money and the fame. I guess they just, you know. Yeah. They don't care about it no more. They don't care about boxing. They, all they all they want all they care about is is, is money. And with, with me, it ain't about the money. Yeah, I'm doing this because I I love I love boxing, and it's hard to beat somebody that love boxing. Well, that's why that's why I said I love talking to fighters at your stage in your career because yeah. you haven't got the titles yet. I mean, you've probably been paid handsomely in your career, but it's not <laughs> like you know walking away with ten mil on a night that you know Thurman did against Pacquiao, and he hasn't fought uh, since. You know, it's been over 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 two years for. For him, but yeah, that's interesting. 154, that's interesting. Uh, you know, who knows what the future holds for you? You know, you can get frustrated at, at 147. But going back to talking about like Virgil Ortiz and and seeing you know Shakur Stevenson this week, you know, you guys are all relatively the same age. I know you saw this. ESPN did a rankings of their top 25 fighters under the age of 25, and they had you at seventh. That's uh, interesting to me. What are your thoughts on that? All right, I don't be caring about this stuff. This stuff <laughs> that, that that's them ringers don't mean nothing to me. I ain't, they don't they don't bother me. I mean, it, it's fine. I mean, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot of great uh, up and coming talent on on the, that list. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I'm just glad to be on it, I guess. You know, I ain't, I, I'm not worried about it, though. I don't care about that. <laughs> now tell me how you really feel. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you said like bulletin board material, like you've, like for lack of a better term, like football teams that they do that. Like seventh, I mean, there were some names on there. I mean, why do you think that is? Like, what do you think? Why do you think that they were like, oh, they put six people ahead of you? Um, well, I, I think the, the six people that was ahead of me got world titles or had world titles. I think. I'm, I'm not Ryan mistaken. Garcia was ahead of you. Oh well. <laughs> oh, well, I did. I, I yeah. Well, I yeah. don't know. I, well, Ryan, he, Ryan Garcia got a good, you know, he got a good following. So yeah. that's probably why he he's high. That's probably why he's high, even though he ain't fighting the world. That's probably why he's high. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I ain't mad about you no know, uh, no rankings and nothing like that. I'm just yeah. glad to be on it. I'm just glad to be on it and be recognized. That's all. No, it's good. Any press is good press. Uh, Ryan Garcia and Virgil Ortiz are the only guys ahead of you that don't have titles. Or mm-hmm. de- haven't held the title. David David Benavidez at five. Uh, he mm-hmm. he was a two time world champion, which is crazy he, at his age. He Haynes. should be he should be higher. Benavidez. People sleep on yeah. Benavidez. Like you know what it is with Benavidez. It's like he is he's been around for so long and he won a world title at such a young age that people think he's like thirty, but in no, reality he, he's like twenty five. I think he's twenty four. I think he's same age as me. Wow. He's like a guy like you know like. PBC should invest. He's a guy that should be fighting Canelo in a few years. Uh, who do you I think? think I, who do you like? Go I, ahead. No, I think I'm about to say I think he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be getting the winner of, of Clinton Canelo. I think that's uh, that's this that's a that's a lot of great fights coming up. That's going to happen, and that's happening. So uh, I can't wait. I'm oh, watching. I mean, we're in like the best. This November is like jam packed. Every single mm-hmm. weekend there is outstanding fight from up and down. And was one in your division. I want to get your thoughts on it's Terrence Crawford and and Sean Porter. How do you see that one playing out? Uh, that's a that's a great fight. Uh, it's 50-50 for me. You know, uh, if Sean Porter come in on his game plan and come on, if he come in doing what he's supposed to be doing, and you know taking a fight to Crawford, I think. But he got to do it smart. I think it's gonna be a good fight, and me the best man win. 50-50 yeah. for me though. Yeah. <laughs> You like watching, yeah, because it's one guy, one less guy you have to worry about on the on the come up to get a title. I mean, I, you know me, I don't care for anybody. <laughs> Who, if you could get your choice, that was a that was a submission from the fans when I put it on Twitter. It's like. Who, what's your dream fight at 147? Like, who would you want to win that title against? I know you might say anyone, but if there's a name that you really want to take that title from. Uh, with me, there's not really nobody that. I just want one of one of the boats, and then once I get one of the boats, I know I'm gonna get the rest of them. So, anybody that got a boat, and so whatever boat that I'm ranked the highest in, if I get the opportunity, uh, and I be able to fight for that boat, that's the boat that I want to get. Aim, that's, that's the boat that I'm aiming to uh, get first. Yeah. Well, you're number yeah. three in the IBF, and Errol Spence holds the IBF. Uh, he's looking to fight Ugas, who's the WBA mm-hmm. super champion. But looks like the WBA is playing some games with him. They wanted to fight in a box off. Man, the, all the divisions are, like, almost all unified. I was just thinking about this the other day. Or have, like, a path to undisputed. But welterweight, there's just – everyone has a piece. And it's, like, the most crowded and most confusing of the, all the divisions. Would you agree? I mean, I feel like the uh, welterweight division got the, you, you know, the best fighters mm-hmm. for, for right now and the best fights to be made. And this, I got you can see this the the toughest division. And – Y'all going to see who's going to be at the top in, in a couple of years. I like that. 
Yeah, it is. It is. It's always been like the glamour division going all the way back to like Sugar Ray Leonard, obviously De La Hoya, Floyd, Manny. And then now the, it's almost crazy that like the Spence era with Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, it's like they're all north of 30. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, they all fought each other for the most part outside of uh, Spence and Crawford and Thurman. I don't think he's ever going to fight Spence. So they have some type of beef where like Spence will never fight Keith Thurman. I, I, I'll, he just doesn't like the dude. But it's almost mm-hmm. like now there's young blood now in a division and it's led by you and Virgil. Like that's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, it's definitely exciting. And, and, you know, a lot of those guys probably going to move up before they even fight uh, me. So, mm-hmm. but hopefully, you know, I'll be able to get one of those guys on the way, on the way up to the, on the way, on the way for them to go to the 54. I hopefully I'll get one of those guys. If not, you know, I'll, I'll be right there at 47, taking over that weight class and collecting all the belts. Yeah. And then I'll see them. I'll see all those guys at 54, <laughs> or whoever, whoever go up to 54. Hopefully you win a belt. And then Virgil Ortiz wins a belt. And then you guys fight before you're 35 years old. And you give boxing fans a great fight. You can even, it could be a trilogy. And, you know, I'm dreaming big right now because, you know, it's up to, I think it's up to this next generation of fighters to, you know, kind of right the wrongs that we've seen in the past. And, you know, don't let fights marinate for so long. I mean, with me, the way that I was, or the way that I watched boxing coming up, and I watched uh, Sir Ray Leonard, you know, Roy and all those guys coming up. And they always fought the top guys that mm-hmm. before they was 30 or before they was 28. They all fought at a young age. So that's what I'm all about. I'm, I want to fight all the top guys now. I want to fight all the, anybody now. So I, I want to bring that, that old school era back, you know, oh, fight, fight all the top guys. That's that would be music to fans' ears, man. Because if you take a look at it, the four kings right up by my right here, Hagler and Hearns, you know, mm-hmm. Duran, Leonard, they all fought, they fought for like nine years. Yeah, <laughs> and they, they all, made they it all crazy money too. Right. I mean that's what all that's what it's all about though. You taking your legacy to a different level, you know, and uh having all those fights with those, with, with those great guys took their careers to a different level. And now you, everybody still speak on those guys and they fought 20 years ago, 30, right. 30 years ago. For the most part, no one like remembers the wins and losses. They just remember the nights. They remember what it meant for boxing. It was the best fighting the best. I think when the best fight the best, obviously you want to win. But it's like if you take that L, it's like at least I fought the very best. Like uh, to me, that's like a win-win. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what it's about. The best fighting the best. And oh. like I said before, once I get, get my belt, they ain't, ain't got to worry about me not fighting nobody or not fighting my mandatory or not fighting another champion, because I will. I, I'm right, right right, with it. As soon as mm-hmm. I win my belt, I'm, I want to fight somebody that got the belt or got another belt, mm-hmm. or we can unify, undisputed anything. So that's what I want to do at this week. That's great to hear. And I think a lot of fans, like, you should be fighting a lot on Showtime, so people think that you're aligned with PBC. Is that the case? Or what's the deal with you? Is it a deal with Showtime, or is it a deal with PBC? Just fighting. We're fighting on Showtime right now. Just fighting on Showtime right now. Yeah. Gotcha. That's good. Because, yeah, you want to be a free agent. Guys like Canelo, you know, look at him. He's a, you know, a free agent, and he can kind of mm-hmm. fight wherever he wants. And, you know, that's why he was able to fight on Showtime, fight on the zone. Let me, you brought up that you said you don't watch a lot of boxing, but you watch Canelo. Mm-hmm. Is he like – he has to be the most respected boxer in the game right now. Would you agree? Um, he – I mean, he done a lot of historic things right now, and – he 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 about to fight at 168 
for undisputed, and I don't think they've never been done. So him and Caleb Plant gonna be a great fight. Uh, Caleb Plant is a great fighter. I can't wait to see this fight. This is gonna be a, a really great fight, yeah, and a man. lot of people are sleeping on Caleb Plant, and they shouldn't. Caleb Caleb, Caleb Plant can box. He, it's gonna be a great fight. You know, I, I just I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I, I like I love the fight. I mean, I'm super pumped. I amped for it. I can't wait for it. It's the it's the one that I have circled for a while. And uh, I think everyone obviously is, is rolling with Canelo. I mean, for obviously because of all, the, like you said, all the history of it. But yeah, Plant is elusive, man. I mean, he's hard to hit. He gets hit with, you know, less than, I think it was like six punches around, which is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, that's well below the weight class average. It's, it's double what Canelo gets hit. But the only thing with Plant, and it's the thing that's holding me back from having like full confidence in him, is that it's just like his level of opportunity like opposition that he's fought in his career. I mean, it's tough. Like you, you can answer this, like to go from, you know, Caleb Truax's and the Fiken boots, no disrespect to them. Then to jump to Canelo, that's a huge step up. I mean, yeah, it is. But what got, what people don't know is well, with, with me, when, when I fight somebody that's great or that's at a, at a high level, it brings all my skills out. So that might happen with, uh, you know, Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant might go to a different level and be able to do more, more things than he did with those other guys. And mm. who knows, you know, style and styles make fights. So we're going to have to see him on fight night. Oh man. Can't wait. That's a huge fight. Can't wait for your fight. Thomas Delorme hasn't been stopped since 2015. Uh, that mm. was against Terrence Crawford. You haven't had a fight go past the sixth round. This is mm. lining up to be, to be powerful. Uh, you know, what made you pick Delorme? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't pick him. <laughs> <laughs> who picks him then? Yeah. Uh, this that's who Showtime had picked. I, it wasn't it wasn't me. <laughs> wow, is that really how it works? Yeah, because yeah, we was trying to get, like I said, we was trying to get the top guys, and it been hard. And it was a lot of people was turning me down and stuff. So yeah. I wasn't. I didn't want to wait and fight. I didn't want to wait for like another month or two to fight. I was. I was just just fighting. I'll stay busy and get right back at it. On, you mm-hmm. know, early twenty twenty two. So yeah. just you know, I'm, I'm I'm focused. You know, staying locked in. And, you know, ready to get this. This is this big one. He's big in Halloween knockout. I know how oh, that's right. It's on the night before <laughs> Halloween. Um, Castillo Clayton, he was in the mix too, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm I'm not sure. I don't know where to go. I just, you know, I I'm just here to fight and, yeah. and stuff like that. But we, I was supposed to fight him twice. I was supposed to fight him when I, uh, in September when I fought the guy Brio, and uh, they said he had turned me down. And then I was supposed to fight him. That guy, that fight when I had no decision, and right. he said he turned me down, and he wound up fighting. He wound up fighting, I think, uh, Lippin Nuts, and then yeah, something. Like, oh, it's it's all mixed up stuff. I don't it's know. Boxing, what's going man, on. what a weird sport. I mean, it's not like there's no schedule. You know, there isn't like the NBA puts out a master schedule, and then you get mm-hmm. the biggest. You, it's just getting in the right place at the right time. You're in a good spot right now. You're on the cusp mm-hmm. of greatness. Uh, you got to break out, and everyone will know who you are. Boxing fans all know who you are. Uh, you know, maybe Keith Thurman will finally know who you are. Did you, you, you heard that headline too. Like he was asked about you, he, he pretended, or maybe he didn't know you. What, what did you think of that? Yeah, yeah, I heard it. And, uh, but somebody sent me a video of him probably like a year before that video. It was talking about how he knew me. He said he knew me and stuff like that. So, I mean, they, these guys saying what they, they supposed to be saying. So, uh, you know, that's a, for me, that's a, that's a good thing. 
Yeah, and it's then, like I said at the beginning, being the boogeyman, having guys pretend like they don't know you, these are all good things. Mm -hmm. These are all right. good things in the, in the grand scheme of things. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Inside Boxing Live. Showtime, this Saturday. Watch this guy right here. He's on the cusp of greatness. I appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it.